being a Broncos fan, this is the best time of the year. Wow. Not just because of Christmas and New Year's, but we got college football playoffs. Yep. We've got NFL playoffs rolling around. And 10 years ago, this was an awesome time to be a Broncos fan because the Broncos were right in the thick of it. In fact, like these next couple weeks for the Broncos typically didn't mean anything because they already had everything locked up going into week 17 mm-hmm. back then. And then they just had a first round bye, obviously. Things have changed quite a bit over this past last half decade or so. But what didn't change was Monday night the best college football playoff that we've had so far? I think so. I think every game was close. Both games kind of came down to the wire. One went into overtime. I think it was mm-hmm. some fantastic football. And I know the committee got a lot of flack for like their decisions, but I feel like they kind of made the right ones. Did you mm-hmm. see the Florida State players... Um, Subtweeting Alabama and them making it after they lost that game. No, they but were, I could imagine it's. It, they should probably delete those tweets. One hundred percent. Like if they would have gone out and beat Georgia, yeah. sure, talk all the smack mm-hmm. you want. Uh, but Bama went to the very last play of overtime yeah. to lose. You just set a bowl record mm-hmm. for the biggest loss in bowl history, losing sixty-three to three. You don't have any ground to stand on, Florida no, State. No. Yeah, yeah. I actually didn't see that. Just yeah. when you brought them up, I was like, "Oh, I wonder how they did." Sixty-three-three. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was great because I had a little uh, Michigan-Washington money line parlay, mm. so I made my money. What were the odds on that? Because one was a favorite, one was an underdog. Four seventy, maybe. Ah, that's pretty All good. 50, yeah, because yep, yep. I snag, I got, I got in when Michigan was down seven-zero. And so that's why I made the bet. So it so got you actually a little got more juice. Size yeah. on both. I wasn't. I didn't get it in. in uh, get on time. In on time. And uh, of course, in Broncos country, the talk during Monday during those bowl games was Michael Penix yep. Jr. And Broncos <laughs> country is quickly falling in love with him. And so I want to break that down on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Welcome into it. We got Super Bowl Fifty champ Todd Davis. We've got Henry Chisholm, Zach Stevens rolling with you here. And let's just start. How good of a fit is Michael Penix Jr. for Sean Payton and this Denver Broncos team? For me, I feel like he's a great fit. Um, I think he does exactly what Sean needs from his quarterback. Um, he's very precise. He knows where to go with the football. Um, and when he takes deep, those deep throws, those deep shots, uh, he hits on a lot of them. Uh, I know he has a great group of core receivers, but the ball placement is phenomenal. Yep. And um, I think that's exactly what Sean needs from his quarterback. Now, my fear is that he's playing a little bit too well. <laughs> yeah. He's doing too well, and then he has a national championship where everybody will be watching him, and he's going to be, be performing really well. You know, you're doing great, Penix, but don't raise your draft stock too high. We want to still be able to, to get you. Uh, Henry, how good of a fit is he? Yeah, I think he's pretty good. Um, the one thing that concerns me is that – so I think the last three years of Drew Brees' career – he was bottom three in the NFL and average depth of target. So it was all just like this little short stuff, short stuff. And I just pulled it up because pro football reference, that's when they started tracking pro football focus goes back further and they have him throwing it farther downfield earlier in his career. Um, but that's the one thing is that mm. Penix throws so many of those deep balls. It isn't as much of that like short game stuff. And that doesn't mean he can't do it. Right. I mean, he obviously has done it. It's just that for the most part, it's the, the, the long throws down the field that stands out. So in terms of a fit, like, I don't think he's a bad fit. Like, he's a really smart pocket passer who gets the ball where it needs to be, puts it right on target every single time, gives receivers a chance. Um, that was the one thing that made me wonder, though, because that's more of like a, I don't know, is he more like Philip Rivers or Ben Roethlisberger type than like a Drew Brees? But you're probably just nitpicking because if you can get one of those guys, that's that'd be pretty. Good, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, Sean can make that work. What was Russell Wilson known for in terms of his play? The moon ball yep. when he yep. came to Denver. The deep ball. Yep. And uh, 
that's clearly not what Sean's going for. Sean's not going for the all or nothing, yeah. and you win it with the big plays and nothing else. So you're right. With Michael Penix, you see the deep ball, and Todd, he does have really good receivers, like you said, but... I could catch those balls, I think, with how precise he's putting all the balls. Um, and uh, so you just have to make sure that Michael Penix doesn't just have a deep ball. Uh -huh. And from what I've seen, I don't think he just has yeah. a deep ball. He has to obviously have those short intermediate passes. We've broken down uh, extensively just how Russ does not have that intermediate ball, and that's yeah. so key for, for Sean's offense. So if Sean identifies, yeah, all he can do is throw the deep ball, then no. I mean, this is a younger Russell Wilson yep. that maybe can't run as much and isn't as proven in the NFL, but I, I do think that he has the short and intermediate. And in fact, when I look at Michael Penix, I'm just like, he checks so many boxes. Sure. He's accurate. He has the decision-making. He's got poise. He's got uh, a feel of the pocket, yep. which is really impressive. Um, and he just, he just has uh, the intangibles, too. He has the leadership, exactly. all of the reports on him. Um, in fact, he led the players only meeting the night before. And what yep. were the what did they say at the start of the game? Like you could hear a pin drop after he left that meeting and was the one leading it. Um, he's overcame adversity. Yep. Uh, he just seems like he can handle every sort of situation, whether it's at Indiana or transferring to Washington. Um, and there are a couple of negatives mm -hmm. that, that we need to mention as well, because these get brought up all the time the downsides that there's two big ones in my opinion major injuries mm -hmm. he, he's been injured many many times does that concern you guys if it happened recently yes but i feel like those are in the past and now he's playing his best football and he's been healthy like guys get injured all the time but mm -hmm. if they can bounce back even like an adrian peterson or you know guys bounce back from major injuries and he's been healthy this year, so I feel positive about that. Yeah, it is tough. I mean, he's finished two of his six seasons, which is just not what you want. Hmm. Um, I mean, that is the concern, though. Like, that's why uh, maybe some people got, like, turned on to Michael Penix this week because of that game. But, like, he kind of did what he's been doing all year. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't like it's like, wait, he can do that. Right. We've known. Like, that was definitely one of his better games, of course. But that's why Washington's undefeated. And then exactly. that. Exactly. But, you know, that's why coming into that week, everybody's saying, well, he's probably a third-round pick, and it, maybe you can't even put a number on it just because you don't know how the medicals are going to go at the Combine. Like, if you find that there are serious problems there, half the, half the league might just take him off the draft board and say, like, we can't touch this guy. If he's playing like this with serious problems... <laughs> <laughs> What's he like guy serious yeah. problems? But his injuries came four years in a row, right? So he started two out of his... First and last? Is that when he finished the year? It might have been. Or was it the first four? I thought it was the first four at Indiana. And then he's been oh, healthy the I last can check. two, right? He was healthy last year. Was yep. he? Yeah. Okay. In fact, he was the first quarterback since Patrick Mahomes to throw for 4,500 yards in back-to-back -back seasons. How about Which, that? Yeah, like, I wouldn't be in. Next Mahomes? I, yeah. yeah. I'd take it. For sure. Left-handed Mahomes? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, other, the other piece of it, though, is that he played behind the best offensive line in the country this year. And that factors in more. I mean, it factors in more, I think, in the <laughs> passing game where you have so much time to stand there and wait and did get he, the ball Did out. he have time on, what was it, Sunday or uh, Monday? Did he have time? Not like crazy time. And I what mean, did he do? Sidestep? Uh, yep, yep. He does all those things. But also have a lot of time and he just held on too long to the ball? I don't think he had a lot of time. Like you were talking about how the Broncos offensive line would have been the best offensive line if they made the playoffs. And they didn't make the playoffs. Wow. Well, the offensive line fell apart. I say I say if they, if, I say if they make the playoffs, they'll have a top three offensive line top in the three, playoffs. Okay. The running game dried up. So they didn't make it to the playoffs. Like, that's that's what I was saying. At the, but the point is, I mean, they literally won the award for best offensive line in the country this year. And that, okay, boo me if you want. But, but uh, yeah, they literally won the award for best offensive line in the country. So that is something that I worry about a little bit, especially when you consider he's left-handed. So you got McGlinchey on the blind side, a guy who's injury-prone. I, I, I still like it, but if you have doubts, I think that that's kind of where the doubts creep in. So with, with the injuries for me... I'm, I don't want to say I'm encouraged, even more encouraged, uh -huh. um, but I think he might have actually helped his NFL stock 
because of the injuries. And what I mean by that is he re- he was a running quarterback yep. at Indiana. Then he had to change to become more of a pocket passer, but he's still mobile. But to me, he profiles better being the pocket passer exactly. in the NFL with a little bit of mobility than a pure running quarterback that still has to develop into a pocket passer, and you're really not sure if that can happen, kind of like Jaden Daniels. Uh, and, and we'll talk about him, of course, over the next few months. But to me, with ACLs, I'm not that concerned because Uh you're supposed to like come back even stronger after an ACL and an ACL is so different now than it was 20 years ago. If you had multiple ACL surgeries and shoulder injuries 20 years ago, it's like, yeah, he's unfortunately probably damaged goods. Now I think it's the injuries have helped his game become that pocket passer specifically when it comes to the Broncos winning in the pocket that you need and his mobility is he's not just a statue no, in there. No. Now, you're not going to come in and have him being a running quarterback, but I, I think that he is mobile enough to uh, mm-hmm. be able to handle pressure, to be able to pick up 10 yards w- when you need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that, honestly, in the NFL, great, good quarterbacks win with their legs. Great quarterbacks win in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Yep. When you put a list of the greatest quarterbacks ever, they do a lot of... Uh, their damage from the pocket and being able to find the open receiver and make precision passing. I don't think that accuracy is uh, high level or highly touted enough coming out of the draft. Everybody talks about a big arm. Everybody talks about legs now. And I feel like the accurate quarterbacks are the ones who find success in the NFL. You look at even like the great quarterbacks of our generation, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, they all had good arms, but yep. they know how to put the football where they need. Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers, they know how to football put the football where it needs to go more than they can just launch balls, you know, mm-hmm. balls down the field all game, <laughs> every game, you know? You know who's that. got a great arm? Zach Wilson. Yeah. Remember that that throw he made during yeah. his pro day oh, yeah. where he's rolling out to the left and threw it across his body like 80 yards? Great. Yep. That's That's awesome for a video clip. That doesn't do shit in yeah, the NFL. For sure. uh, that's like something you need 0.1% of the time. Yep. And if you don't have it, okay, well, you're not going to have yep. one thing that you can go to 0.1% of the time. So, Todd, we haven't talked draft much, but I know you and I are going to get along. Because yes, I, I agree with you. Um, as long as you have a good enough arm, yep. anything above that is like gravy on top. But what you really need is the decision-making in the pocket yep. and accuracy and boy, from I haven't watched every every play or every game, but considering they're thirteen and zero, what I have seen, um, he checks all of those categories. Now, the mm-hmm. only other negative that I can point to is he's twenty four years old, and that's being held against him. It's going to be held against pretty much every quarterback in this draft because the youngest quarterback that could be a first round pick in this draft is twenty two years old. Uh-huh. You see some guys come out at like twenty, twenty one, mm-hmm. uh, and he's twenty four years old. Uh, you got to do he this. Will be. Yeah, May. yeah, yeah. May of this year, he'll be 24. You got to view this through Sean Payton's eyes. Uh-huh. Sean Payton's not viewing this as a 15-year deal. Uh-huh. Sean Payton's exactly. viewing this as he's got four more years on his contract. Maybe he extends his deal for another five years. But even then, mm-hmm. the, Michael Penix is going to be 34 then. Sean's not going to be nitpicky and say, man, that's a great quarterback. Ah, If he was two years younger, I'd take him, but I'm just going to pass up on him. No, that he's not viewing it that way. No, and no. I think that... Most quarterbacks, even quarterbacks that aren't the greatest, uh, like a Trevor Simeon, no knock on him. He's not like a great quarterback, but he's going to play until he's 34. Right. So (laughs) I think like the worst case scenario, you get 10 years out the guy. Best case scenario, you get 15. Like, that's a win either way. So I don't see I don't see that being like a bad thing that he's 24. He's more mature. He's aged. There you go. There you He's go. Wild. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, now, I, I say that we're going to get along, then you have to go out and bash my guy Trev like that. No, what I love hell? Trev. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> even as, like, a quarterback no, that's right. not, like, a premier or a starting quarterback, you kind of can make your rounds if yeah. you are decent. Yep. And you can play until, you know, 34, 35, mm-hmm. yep. and, you know, still make some money. Yep. yep. Now, I guess a concern that people could point to with that is saying, but oh, this guy's played six years in college. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't he be dominating? the way he is right now because he's two years older than the oldest guys he's playing against. Is there concern about that? And Todd, you kind of hinted to it earlier, like, man, he's playing so well. Is that something that concerns you at all? Like, okay, he's playing against guys that are like, you know, one year into college right Uh now. And of course he's dominating Mm -hmm. them. Should that concern you? Well, he really, if we want to talk about, I think we have to talk about the injuries on both sides. So technically he hasn't been playing 
for as long. Mm-hmm. He's had season-ending injuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been watching film and taking mental reps, but his actual time on the field has probably been about three, three and a half years in total. So he spent a lot of time on the mm-hmm. sidelines not really playing um, the way he wanted to play. And it's not baseball. Like, like he's doing he's, – he's competing against, like, the second highest level of competition – in the world uh-huh. like in baseball you get some of those guys where it's like oh yeah he's like a 60 year senior baseball player whatever and he's going up against whatever young guys he's still got like he's going to high a and then double a and then triple a safety or like you come in late and you're like the 25 year old or whatever playing in a ball i'm not a big baseball guy but that's then you have to like make a jump make a jump make a jump like he's dominating the second highest level of football mm-hmm. like I'm not too worried about how old he is or so how many extra opportunities the he's got. XFL and <laughs> the arena football, all those guys. CFO. <laughs> no, those guys CFL, are great too. Man. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of Montana Grizzlies in there. Oh, follow, follow the money. The money will say college is where it's at, I think, with uh, Texas's backup quarterback making $10 million. I yeah. think his last name helps with that. Absolutely. But yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. Um, and Henry, earlier you mentioned, well, he's left-handed. Should that be a concern? Someone said he's a bigger Tua. And I want to get into mm-hmm. that's true after I tell you about our friends over at Bet365, where they're all about never ordinary. And now is the time. The off season is the time for all of these unordinary bets that are so much fun, specifically when it comes to the draft. They're going to have so many fun ones. They already have draft ones up, but I guarantee once we know the Broncos draft order, you're going to be able to bet on uh, what position the Broncos take with their first pick, who they pick. They're going to have so many odds. So check out Bet365, especially now. I mentioned it's perfect time for football. Get in on Bet365 for the NFL playoffs, and they're going to give you a deal when you sign up. If you use the code DNVR365, they're going to give you a first bet safety net offer by placing a bet up to $1,000. And if your qualifying bet loses, you receive that money matched in bonus bets or you can bet and get an offer of $150 in bonus bets by placing a $5 bet. So you can get in on all the fun over at Bet365 by using that code DNVR365. Must be 21 and older, physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, once help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. And shout out to the best roofers in Colorado, Red Hawk Roofing. Uh, they are Denver's best, best roofers, and they've joined the DNVR team. They use quality materials. They have decades of experience. They have a quick response time, and they have a free no-obligation roof and property inspection and free in-depth photo reports for all inspections. If you are looking for a new roof over your home or business, be sure to check out Red Hawk Roofing at redhawkroofing.com and tell them DNVR sent you. All right, before we get into our Bet365 top five quarterbacks in the draft, how we view it as a group right now, I want to ask that question. Is it a good comparison to say that Michael Penix is just a bigger Tua? Uh, I mean, I don't like comparisons in general. I don't think they work out. I mean, you could also just say he's a bigger Teddy Bridgewater, and that's not nearly as exciting. Teddy Bridgewater's right-handed. Okay, well, then he's a (laughs) left-handed, bigger Teddy Bridgewater. Like, it's one of those things where, like, there's definitely similarities there, but... I think you would look at Mac Jones and say that there were a lot of similarities between him and Tua as well. Like it's the deep ball when it's open, it's there. Like I, uh, I, I don't know if Mac was ever known for the deep ball. Mm-hmm. I, I think, think that was, was like his Bama. biggest knock was the deep ball. Ar- maybe arm strength, but deep ball was always there. If you go back to Bama, like Devonte Smith, Jerry, like he was just hitting those guys deep. So I, I don't know. I mean, that's a lot to put on him. You would hope so if you draft him. I wouldn't say he's Tua. I so think then, that's a stretch. So then that means you you believe in Tua in terms of the MVP because there, there's some people, like in terms of being like a top quarterback mm-hmm. in the NFL, because there's some people even now where Tua is probably like the third highest rated MVP quarterback right now. There's some people that still don't believe in, yeah. in, in Tua. So some people might actually view that comparison as a negative toward oh. Michael Penix. But I agree. I, I believe in Tua. I think Tua is the truth. And I actually see a lot of similarities. Huh. Um, and you do have to like comparisons in order in order to like that. So if you don't like doing that, then then you wouldn't want to yeah. see that. But um, we talk about the deep ball accuracy is insane with Michael Penix Jr. His poise, feel in the pocket. Tua, uh, injury concerns. His I think it was his hip like exploded, uh-huh. and he was airlifted to a hospital in at Bama. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were major injury concerns coming from Tua out of Bama. Now the injury concerns with with Tua are concussions, with, which Penix doesn't have. Um, but to me, I, I yeah, thank you for touching. Yeah, <laughs> yes. um, for uh, I I see so many similarities, huh. and yeah, 
sign me up for for Tua 2.0. There's yeah. also some like Derek Carr. In what way? Yeah. Again, like the deep ball, like playing those one on ones. Like I think the ball placement on the sidelines when you've got like the like man coverage against. I, I think back to like Devonte Adams in in general, but I mean you could also I guess say like Aaron Rodgers was a lot of the same way. It just depends on. How you use some of those skills? I thought he didn't like comparisons. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's why <laughs> because I feel like you could compare some things to like half yeah, sure, the league. Sure. Uh, I think he's he's really a tough comparison because yeah. I feel like there's not a lot of guys that have came out in recent drafts that are able to do what he has done. Um, I think you talk about the accuracy. I think that's similar to like a veteran quarterback. You talk about the pass yards. Maybe uh, Patrick Mahomes is the only one that's put up those kind of numbers. Yeah. So you, that's the only person you compare to him there. Um, he's kind of in, this, in a league of his own. I think he is a prototypical NFL quarterback, and I don't think anybody else is mm -hmm. right now. True. From Bo Nix to Jaden Daniels to Caleb Williams, those are all guys that are kind of like this new style quarterback. Mm. Uh, Kyler Murray's and Russell Wood, there's like different style of quarterback that is now taking over the NFL. But as far as a guy that can sit in the pocket, deliver the football and make those big throws, I can't think of anybody in the last couple of years that could do that. And Mac Jones was one of those guys a couple uh -huh. of years ago that was viewed as the the Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, not that level, obviously, but uh -huh. that like pure, pure, pure pocket passer. He's not going to provide you anything in mobility. And I think you're right that Penix is that updated version yes. of that mm -hmm. type of quarterback where like, just trying to think off the top of my head right now with Philip Rivers gone, with Ben Roethlisberger mm -hmm. gone, uh, you, is there any quarterback that is just a stationary, only pure that's, pocket passer? That's Ooh. kind of the thing. I mean, you could say like Derek Carr at this point, like, but he, he still moves. Even, like, he has some mobility, and yeah, so I, I think moves a little, but like Michael Penix is the 2024 pocket passer. Yep, you, you don't draft him to uh, win with his legs, where. No Caleb problem. Williams, he's going to do a lot of fun sure. things with his like. You don't expect that from Michael yeah. Penix. Um, I mean, he, he's, he's winning from the pocket. He moves the worst of like any of the top six, probably. Yeah. Like Caleb Williams, Drake sure. May, Bo Nix, JJ McCarthy, like Jaden Daniels. Yep. Jaden Daniels, of course. Like yeah. that's seven, I guess, if yeah. you include him. Like that, that's just not his game, and which that is fine. Does it's not bother me one. Not bit. at all, because <laughs> his pocket presence is all he, he needs. He only needs two or three yards to be able to navigate the pocket to find a strike. Like, I love when quarterbacks scramble and are able to create big plays, but I think it's even better when you see the play and are able just to hit that same play from the pocket. Right. Like you're right on time with diagnosing the defense and being able to put together the great play, the right strike, right on time, right where it's supposed to be. Like, then you don't have to like run around all day. Like, as a quarterback, your best bet is to get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. And if you can do that early and win early, I think that's where he'll find success. That's yep. consistent. Yeah. That, that's where consistency comes from. And that's what makes an elite quarterback. So let's dive in. I'm very curious <coughs> where you guys, specifically Todd, is going to put Michael Penix in the quarterback uh, rankings for this year. And... This is very fluid. We're going to see some things that change our minds. So we're going to update this many times throughout the offseason. But what? We're four months away from the draft right now. Yep. Let's do our first DNVR Broncos quarterback rankings for this draft class. Nationally, everyone's saying it's Caleb Williams uh -huh. is number one. Is that where we're putting him? Uh, well, I guess it's, you know, two out of three, right? Wins the, yep. the spot. Yeah, yep. Uh, I'm not going Caleb Williams oh. one, so it's on you guys to feel like if you uh, feel like he's number one. As Yahir says, if you're watching on YouTube, DNVR is the top quarterback in this yeah. draft, followed <laughs> by really Taco sure what Bell, this was. Polo, Coca-Cola, and Chips Ahoy. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Um, I'll take it. Henry, who would you put here? I think it's got to be Caleb Williams still. Okay. Like, there's just so many things. Like, again, he has the accuracy. He has the mobility. Like, it's weird... There's some like Trevor Lawrence vibes in that I feel like his best football. <laughs> no, well, I mean, just in the way that like the freshman year was kind of like what what really stands out and makes you say like, oh, this guy's great. And it's not that he's been bad since, but I do think that that was probably his best season. Um, at the same time, like the talent is just so obvious. Like he can do literally anything. And there's like whatever off the field stuff, but that's it is what it is. Hmm? It is what it is. I'll still take Caleb first. Todd, who are you going with first? I'm going with Penix. Oh. Uh, like I think, you know, his style of play is something that really impresses me. 
um, you know, his poise on and off the field, because I think that's important. Mm -hmm. uh, he's very calm. Uh, he's cool and collected. Like you said, he's been through adversity. He's bounced back and fought back. He's taken a team in Washington who was not supposed to be in a national championship to start the year and has put them there with his play. Uh, he's executed um, day in and day out, and I think he was the runner-up for the Heisman, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously the second-best yep. player in college football. Mm -hmm. And Caleb Williams, I think, was also behind him. So I wouldn't Where was Caleb last year? <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Penix had 4,500 yards last year, too. Okay. Uh, so I'm going Penix number one. So that's just me. That's fair. Oh, man. This you is make so choice. tough. You gotta I've got to make the choice. And wow. I'll tell you what. The margins are way thinner than anyone was expecting. With, uh -huh. like, Caleb Williams before the season was Patrick Mahomes 2.0. He was yep. the greatest thing since sliced bread. Teams are going to intentionally tank in order to make sure they locked him up. Now there's a conversation on if the Bears are going to keep Justin Fields, mm -hmm. who's having a good year, but he's not lighting the world on. He's not like, oh, he's so good, you can't draft the next Patrick Mahomes. Yep. So Caleb Williams is falling from that like number one uh, mm -hmm. without question guy. For now, I'm still going to keep him one. All right, that's yeah. fine. I'm going to keep him one, but man, is Michael Penix climbing so, Hank, would you put Michael Penix, too? Give me Jaden Daniels. Oh. That's my guy. I, I, I can't. So, he he was a freshman at Arizona State my first year covering the Buffs. And, like, he was incredible then. Like, 17 touchdowns, two interceptions, did all the stuff with his legs. And he's been incredible for, what, five years now? Like, he, to me, I've, I think I've, maybe I've tweeted this. I don't think I've said it on the podcast. But, like, it, it, he kind of feels like a trap at this point in that you look at him and you're just like, this can't. This can't be sustainable. Like, there's no way he's just this fast, this good at throwing the football, like, can process the way he does. And there has to be something up here. Like, it, is it the injury risk because he's so small? Is it that, like, like I know the speed's going to show up at the NFL level. Like, I think more often than not, he's going to be the fastest guy on the field in the NFL, and he's a quarterback. Like, I, I still haven't dug too deep into all these guys, and I do think that, like, of all of these players, he probably had the most open receivers over the course of, like, the season, and that helps. As of now, though, like just the the speed, the arm, all that sort of stuff, I I've got to He's my guy. I've got to have him number two. I know you don't like comparisons, but just say you think he's Lamar Jackson 2.0. I'd be curious who else has run like that as a quarterback because I even went back and watched like some Justin Fields stuff because I was like, I'm not crazy, right? But he's more of like the big guy. Yeah, he'll he'll like break you down, make the little move. Those two, like, it just do, 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 do. Yeah. And you have to give the edge to Lamar. Like, you can't say he's Lamar. And I, like I said, I'm going to go back and watch Lamar. I'm going to go back and watch all this. But right now, I like, it's just freaky, the stuff that he does. It's freaky. And if, if you can go get Lamar Jackson, I mean, that guy is, what, 25, 26, and about to win his second MVP? I, that, it's insane. Yeah, it is insane. So you guys are, I assume, you're going uh, Michael Penix. Yeah. I, look, I got to get him on this list <laughs> yep. at some point. Uh, I think Jaden Daniels is a good quarterback, though. Um, <clears throat> my list was just Penix, Caleb, then Jaden Daniels. Yep. I think he's a phenomenal quarterback. I just know that all the running he it has been doing is going to be, I guess, slowed down once he gets to the NFL. Uh -huh. Same thing with Lamar. Lamar has really changed his game, I feel like, even from a college level to, like, his first couple yep. years to now. Like, he's scrambling to find open receivers. He's not taking off to go downfield because it hurts. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and uh, guys definitely try to get their licks in with their can. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to get to the quarterback. If you want to come run downfield, we're going to try to try to hit you. But I think he's a talented quarterback. Yep. And on yeah. top of that, I mean, like, when do the legs leave? It's like, is it when he's <clears throat> 35 and you've got 12 years? Is it when he's 30 and you've got <clears throat> seven years? So they have that stuff, too. But to me, like... I'm not. I'm not worried about that yet. I am uh, gonna go Michael Penix. All right, right, okay. right here. Let's go. Um, but I think Jaden might be three. But yeah. are we forgetting about Drake May? We're gonna dive into that and finish this list after I tell you about our friends over at Illegal Pete's. Where man, if you want a great lunch, a great dinner, yep. some great drinks, Illegal Pete's has it if you're visiting from out of town illegal pizza is a place that you got to go for a patio drink or a lunch because they have the best queso out there so make sure to stop by 
Illegal Pete's. And if you get $100 in gift cards from Illegal Pete's, they're going to give you a $25 gift card for free. So make sure to check out Illegal Pete's. Whether you live here, you know about Illegal Pete's. If you live here, if you're visiting, that's a place you have to check out. We love Illegal Pete's. You're going to love it, too. So check them out. Also, check out Breckenridge Brewery. We drink a lot of Breckenridge beers here, um, including those Broncos Country Hoppy Pale Ales, which those are the same ones that have been there for a long time because as soon as they're there for a couple weeks, they get you know warm and you can just go get a fresh one but we do drink a lot of the fresh ones that are not props uh because those are just the best beers um yeah i mean i guess we're not gonna be at the bar this weekend are we because we'll be in vegas so not much not much beer uh we'll be at all the bars we will be uh, we will be at all the bars i guarantee you there's breck beer in vegas though i know i was just gonna look it up quickly and see if we could get it done but yeah i mean every breckenridge beer is good You've got the, uh, the the strawberry sky is our favorite. The avalanche, um, winter months that that Michael not Michael Porter Jr. Vanilla Porter Jr. which we named <laughs> after Michael Porter Jr. Um, you know. oh, wow! Oh, I'm dang. right there with you. Wow! At the same time though, it is just the vanilla Porter Jr. So you were doing a lot of replacing on that one. Uh, yes. So let's see. It looks like raised by wolves in Las Vegas has multiple mm. Breckenridge and there's a bunch of others. Oh, the Christmas ales there. So they've got all sorts mm. of Breckenridge beers there. Maybe we'll pick some up. Um, so you mentioned the Breckenridge beer is not being drank on set because they're props. Why do people think that the bourbon uh, is worthy to drink yeah. even though it's a prop? That bottle's just gone. I now, think it's right? just gone. <laughs> it's yep. just gone. Polished. It just kind of slowly dwindled and now it's just gone. Somebody what, finished it. When do we think this one gets cracked open? Um, well, the last one's gone, so probably in the next couple of days. <laughs> Whether it's the Nuggets guys or Avs guys. Probably we're in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll come back and yeah. be half gone. Yeah. Um, thankfully, we've never been blamed for doing that since most of our shows are at 11 a.m. Yep. And uh, we're, we're, we're not doing that. But the Avs guys, they got a lot of night games. They Same do. Same with the Nuggets. Yep. Can't trust them. Or yeah, here was telling me the Rapids just signed a goaltender today, um, and they're pretty pumped about it. So did you have a celebratory shot you hear? I did not. It's too early for me. And it's uh, <laughs> Wednesday. My mama don't care about that. <laughs> wow. Very fair. All right. We are waiting for our guy, Brian Baldinger, to join us. And while we're waiting for him, let's get back into this top five list. Because my question was, the number... So typically, nationally, it's viewed as Caleb Williams is number one, Drake May is number two, then it's wide open mm-hmm. after that. We haven't said Drake May's name yet mm-hmm. and uh, i'm probably gonna go Jaden daniels right here too yep mm-hmm. what's what's the feeling on drake may guys i he's not my favorite out of like all the quarterbacks mm-hmm. um i think he's tall and has a yeah. good arm but when i watch the games i don't feel like he's making plays that any other quarterback couldn't make and so um, I understand because of his size and ability, you know, the hype around him. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't put him on maybe fifth. I would put him fifth oh. on this list. Doesn't that sound yeah. a little bit like a quarterback we had here, Paxton Lynch? In some oh, ways. Jeez. In some oh, ways. Oh, um, but, yeah, I mean. He's not fifth if he's Paxton. I'm, uh, <laughs> like, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. So I spent, like, ten minutes going back and watching each of these guys yesterday. And I was like, okay, Drake May. Here we go. Like, you've seen a couple of like, clips and stuff. And then you watch, and it's like, the ball, it looks really nice. Uh-huh. Like, it looks really nice. Like, you look at me, it's like, oh, my God. Like, that he drops back. He's so big. The ball comes out so cleanly. But then, like, it doesn't, he doesn't, like you said, do anything that, that anybody else couldn't do. Like, he's super tall. Uh-huh. And so, like, there's plays. Like, there's like a guy will get him in the gut, and he'll just whip one over the, his head. And, like, the arm strength is right there. But, like, like you said, like, there aren't any throws where I look at him like, wow, what a great throw. Let's get back into that conversation in just a second after we welcome in our guy, Baldy. Baldy, what's going on? Happy New Year, guys. Good to be with you. Thank happy you. Happy New, New Year's as well. We're so happy to have you here. And, Baldy, we haven't talked to you since Russell Wilson has been benched. How shocked were you that Sean Payton made that move last week? Well, I think it was uh, the way it was handled was, was pretty much shocking. I can. I think you can see that there was friction there, but not to the point where you're, you're benching a guy and basically saying, let's see what else we have. We're ready to move on from a very difficult contract to get out from underneath. So I think the way, the way it was handled, 
wasn't very good for any veteran player. Nobody wants wants to be done like that. Nobody wants to be undressed on the sideline like he was, you know, two weeks prior. And so I, I think I was – but, you know, when you read into it and they're looking at, uh, you know, from the bye week on, they were looking to get out from underneath this contract or take a, you know, a pay – you know, too much money is being committed to the quarterback for what they're getting from the quarterback. And so it was part business decision. I get some of that because that's how owners think. But, you know, it was all okayed by Sean. So I guess I was surprised and caught off guard like a lot of people. Baldy, with all the craziness that happened last week, there's been a few reports that come out this week and say that Russell is still has potential to be the Broncos quarterback next year. He says he wants to be back. The team says, you know, they won't move on him over, um, away from him if he's their best option. In your mind, is there any way that Russell Wilson comes back as the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos? I don't think so. I mean, you never say no. I mean, look at what San Francisco did with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, they, they, they basically didn't even let him practice. And next thing you know, he's their starting quarterback. Like, these things can have a, a way of working themselves out. But I got to believe that they're looking at Jared Stidham, whether it's a legit look or not, I don't know. But I, I think they're looking in a different direction. Uh, and I'd be surprised if he's their quarterback next year. I know things can work out that way. And maybe you can't um, trade him. Maybe the contract doesn't work out or however like maybe you are stuck with them but that's not a good feeling to basically announce that we're stuck with you Russell let's make it work like that's not that's not any long-term answer to building a franchise yeah I'd forgotten about Jimmy Garoppolo and how that all played out like we spent so much time talking about Derek Carr last year because it's such a similar scenario but that was crazy like they don't even give Jimmy Garoppolo the playbook he knows yeah. he's just dead. No, like that is wild. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm curious though. When you look at this game last Sunday against the Chargers, did you think that the offense looked any different with Jarrett Stidham in charge instead of Russell Wilson? Not really. You know, yeah. they got two big plays in the passing game, but that's about what they were getting from Russell, anyways. Um. You know, I mean, Russell went games without turning the ball over. Stidham went through the game without turning it over. Uh, they got McLaughlin involved a little bit more than I think they had in the past, or at least recently. Um, I'm a big Jaleel fan. But uh, outside of that, things, you know, there, there's not a lot to work with. I mean, you know, Russell used to throw to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and, you know, <laughs> Doug Baldwin at one point. Like, they don't have those options in Denver. So I always thought they were somewhat limited, especially when Cortland went down. Yeah, Baldy, we, we all agree with you that we don't see really Russ coming back in, in all likelihood. So, that I means Sean's going to be looking for a quarterback, whether it's free agency, the draft. What, what, you've watched so much Sean Payton film. What, is, what does he look for in a quarterback? What do you think his ideal quarterback has in terms of traits and skills? Well, I mean, obviously beyond the commitment, like the quarterback has to run the run game. So, mm -hmm. you know, the one of the things that Drew Brees always did was, okay, I mean, he just read the box. You know, it could be third and three, but they're playing pass coverage and the safeties are deep. Let's hear, you know, let's hand it off to Pierre Thomas or, you know, let's let's hand it off to Reggie Bush. You know, like he did the run game. So you got to be able to handle everything. And then, like, this is not a knock on Russell, too, Russell is. But, you know, the one thing about Drew Brees, and there's not a big difference in height, although Drew is taller, but his footwork was better. And he wasn't quick to leave the pocket. He did all his work from the pocket. Because as soon as you whirly bird around or you escape, you're basically cutting the field in half. And now you're running a scramble. <clears throat> and some, some, some receivers are good at that, and some never learn it. And I thought it was a real struggle for, for Denver um, when Russell did that. But that's the way he's used to playing. It's, it's, I don't think he wants any kind of a helter-skelter guy. If, if you have a dual-threat quarterback, there will be plays in there like Taysom Hill for a right. dual-threat quarterback. But it doesn't involve um, dropping back, hitting your back foot, and a five-step drop and leaving the pocket just because it gives you better sight lines or better vision. So I think a guy that can win from the pocket um, and Stidham is taller and he sees the field probably better. And receivers see the quarterback better too. It's very, vice versa. So I, I think those two things be like and then you know just the overall um level of commitment to building the perfect game plan for each week 
Baldy, you were talking about the pocket, and I really feel like quarterbacks and O-line have to play together to, you know, eliminate sacks and allow for, you know, big plays to happen. Do you feel like the offensive line looked better as a whole with Sidham kind of sitting in the pocket and not trying to escape? They only gave up two sacks. Do you feel like they performed better as a group? I do. I do think they did. And mm. I think when Russell was getting hit a lot earlier in the year, I think it was difficult on McGlinchey and Powers and some of the guys. Um, because... Honestly, right now in this league, if you're if, say if you're Mike McGlinchey, and you've got you know your end and you're you're blocking him and you're in pr- pretty good position, and Russell escapes to the right, well, if you're a tackle in this league, you got to let yourself that guy go. Now you can't you can't get caught holding on to a shirt sleeve or whatever as he's leaving the pocket. And you don't know he's leaving the pocket until that end pulls away. It's hard. It's hard. Like you got to let him go, and you might end up giving a pressure or a hit, but you can't. You, you can't weigh that against getting a holding call and getting backed up 15 yards. And in this offense this year, when they were faced with the second and 20, I mean, look at the, the numbers and see how many times they converted once they got deep into, you know, behind the sticks like that. When, when you look at the rookie quarterbacks who are going to be coming out in the draft this year, uh, which one do you think would be the best fit? Not necessarily just like the best player who would be the most productive, but who would be the best fit? for, you know, a guy to work with Sean Payton and try to make this offense work out? Well, I don't think you can throw it any better than Michael Penix threw it the other day. Mm. You know? My <laughs> guy. <laughs> I don't think you can throw it any better than that. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I only know Caleb personally. I've only sat in the film room with Caleb and gone to his football camp. and I got I only got to know Caleb. But I know how he is. I know how smart he is, and I know how talented he is. Like, some of those things – would excite Sean. Like I remember, like I, I did a big 12 games for a long time. And I remember when Jared Stidham, you know, came out of Stephenville, Texas and, you know, followed our browse to Baylor. And, you know, I remember the buzz about him and, you know, he, he started, got hurt and all this kind of stuff. But like, you kind of get to know these kids early on, like Mahomes, people were, people were saying his mechanics can't work in the NFL and all the kind of stuff, except Sean knew that it, they had the 11th pick. They were taking Patrick Mahomes. You know, mm-hmm. Kansas City knew that, and they jumped in front of him, and they took him. But <clears throat> so I, I can only speak for Caleb. I, I can't speak for Drake and, you know, Daniels and, and, and Michael right now. Like, I know that the makeup of Caleb would excite Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you could sit, like, when he was 16, 17 years old out of Baltimore, like, he knew how to attack cover two. He knew how to attack quarters. Like he knew the route combination, like, and then his arm, like I actually compared him to a bigger, faster—I'm not faster, but bigger, stronger Russell Wilson when he was 17. His arm was just as strong. So, but he—but he's bigger, maybe not as fast as Russell back then. But like, there'd be a lot to like about Caleb Williams. Man, Baldy, I love what you're saying about all these guys, but specifically Michael Penix. We've been talking about him all day. And and when it comes to these quarterbacks, we're probably going to be talking rookie quarterbacks for the Broncos moving forward because the Broncos aren't going to have money to spend with having so much dead cap for Russ's contract. And so a, a big question is going to be, how good is the Broncos' offensive line? And at parts of this season, they've looked great. At other times, maybe because of Russ not helping them out, they haven't looked very good. How do you think this Broncos' offensive line is uh are they mid-tier good bad where would you put them i think they're i think they're good i think they're good they they basically played together all year and so that's you know you got a healthy bunch that's part of the the conundrum in all these different places now and what you know detroit's kept their line reasonably healthy they've had some injuries rag now and left guard they may have been in and out but for the most part they're lining up their five guys san francisco for the most part are lined up their five philadelphia for the most you know some of these teams are going to the playoffs. You can point to the offensive line, and um, they've been pretty stable. So I like the stability factor. Like these guys, you know, you can trust them. Just their their histories and this season, trust them to build a whole offseason together and another year of just continuity. Now, if you want to upgrade one of the positions, it's a great draft for offensive tackles, maybe the best draft we've seen in a long time. Mm. Um, there's going to be a lot of good ones to choose from out there where you can basically get your Panay Sewell, you know, and, and build your anchor around your offensive line. Andrew Thomas, uh, Tristan Worse. I mean, there's that, that level of player in this draft this year.
I'm curious, just because you brought up Julio McLaughlin, you know, I've been wondering why they don't use him more. Um, and obviously, Samaje P. Ryan has been good, and, and Javante started the season well, has kind of slowed down a bit. But is there something, too, with a rookie running back, especially a smaller <coughs> rookie running back, trying to trying to limit touches early and, and don't don't let him get hurt in this first year and kind of just get him to year two? Maybe. I mean, they had a, they had a peck in order. <clears throat> Samaje was their third down back, uh, two-minute drill back. You know, he was good in the screen game. But Jill, Jaleel gave him the pop in the screen game. Um, he's a guy that catches the ball in traffic really well. Uh, he can pop runs. But sometimes you, you've got to, you know, you got to give him 10 tries to pop a run or mm -hmm. two runs. And, you know, when he wasn't popping them, he wasn't gaining many yards either. So he had a lot of one-yard gains. So I think some of that is, well, Javante is going to break a tackle. He's a little better, you know, stronger at contact than Jaleel is. But Jaleel just has this magical feet, you know, that just can get through some stuff and into the secondary. So I just still think they were willing to, to give him as many touches necessary. Um, but I, that might change. You know, you see like Devin Singletary in Houston right now. They felt like that way about him in Buffalo. But – the more you give to Motor Singletary, the better he gets. Like he doesn't wear down, and he doesn't get hurt. And we don't know that about Jaleel yet because we haven't we haven't given him that kind of volume yet. And Baldy, the more we have you on our show, the better we get. Thank you so much for your insight. Love having yeah. you on. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Happy New Year. I'll talk to you. I guess we'll talk at the end of the you know, the season next week. Yeah, yeah. Crazy enough. We're just a couple days away. Thanks, Baldy. All right. Take take, take care, guys. See ya. See ya. Man, how crazy is it that we're just four days away from the end of the Broncos season? And wow. unfortunately, as has been the case on this podcast since we've been doing this podcast the past seven years, the offseason's the busiest time. It's the most fun time yep. that we have just because team hasn't consistently been good. But it's going to be a blast for this. And how about Baldy saying Michael Penix is he's John so, Payton's he's guy. He's so smart, man. <laughs> that insight is always, always key. <laughs> Did he copy your flow bar for bar? I think so, but it's all right. I'll, I'll let it slide. <laughs> um, okay, let's get back into our top five. Um, and uh, when we're talking about Drake May. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people say, comparison-wise, Hank, cover yours, because I know you don't like comparisons. Um, they say Justin, or that that he's Justin Herbert, and uh, he's got the strong arm. Um, and Justin Herbert, I think, is still a very good quarterback. I know Ryan has kind of fallen off on him and thinks he's just a numbers guy, but I also think that Drake May could be a Daniel Jones type of guy, mm -hmm. and uh, maybe a mix of those two. You have something to work with, um, but to me, that's just not like the best quarterback out there. And I think there's so many great quarterbacks in this draft that I would go Jaden Daniels in number three with you guys as well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, mm -hmm. Like I said, I mean, he's a good player. I'm not going to knock him. I just wouldn't put him as my top three or in my top three. So mm -hmm. I'm cool with Jaden Daniels at three. Yeah, it does. Like I said, like to me, like it looks really nice. Like I could see like a scout going out there, like an old school scout. Like you think of like the Moneyball guys, like sitting at the table, like the old man goes in there. And it's like, wow, look at that guy. Look at the way he drops back. Look at the way the ball comes out of his hand. And you're just like, that's awesome. At the same time, you know, I think when you look at who had open receivers, somehow he was the guy, I think behind Jane Daniels, just real quickly when I looked, who had the most open receivers. Like, those guys are just running wild against these terrible ACC defenses. And credit to him, puts the ball on him in stride, all that sort of stuff. But he seems like he has, like, the tools and the body. And maybe Sean looks at that and says, like, look at this guy. I can teach him how to be a great quarterback because he's just this big, has yeah. this arm. Like, but when I went through, it was like, okay, how many of these throws does he need to be this tall for? It's like, yeah, short quarterback makes, like, 90% of these. Like, there's a couple of those plays, like I said, where it's gets hit in the gut, just like fires one over the top. And you're just like, oh, wow, that's that's pretty cool that you have a guy who can do that. But what is it really worth? And to me, he kind of reminds me of like the Trevor Lawrence. And it's the, to me, it's like the hips sort of, like those thin hips. And I think people hear Trevor Lawrence and it's like, oh, my goodness, Trevor Lawrence, he's incredible. It's like he was an incredible prospect. I think for a lot of these same reasons, more successful, of course, but, you know, sub 90 passer rating this year like he's not a perfect quarterback you just see the potential in him because of the size because like he does have a good arm those sorts of things but i'm not sure 
Oh, he's an NFL quarterback. I'm not sure he's a great quarterback, though. Yeah, he really excels to me in all of the extras. Mm-hmm. And I'm just concerned or questioning how much of the before the extras does he hit like A marks on. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, though, he would go four. Do, would you guys have someone else that would go four here? No, he's four. Um, because there's also, what, J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix. Mm-hmm. I think those are kind of the top seven. Yeah. Six or seven. Yeah. Are we missing one? No, I think that's right. So you would go uh, Drake May. So then who's five? Because there's one more quarterback yeah. that led his team to the national championship this year that we haven't mentioned yet, J.J. McCarthy. Does he deserve mm-hmm. to be in this top five as a Bo Nix? So I, I only looked at Bo Nix and J.J. McCarthy. And by looks, again, watched like 10 minutes of highlights. And so it's not like I really stand by these, but like I didn't look at anybody behind. Like I've heard some Sam Hartman hype. I've heard some of those sorts of guys. I go Bo Nix. To me, like he can make every throw. He makes every throw. He also makes like more throws than he should even be trying. You know, like roll out, whip it back through double coverage. Somehow like the ball gets to his receiver and you're just like, how the hell did that just happen? Like great play, great throw to be able to hit that window. Maybe never try that again though. Mm-hmm. And I think that's my thing with Bo Nix is that he he has a great arm, can make every throw, tries a bunch of them that he probably shouldn't, and they wind up on the highlight reel, but does that you know, is it like an early career Josh Allen where you're just like, what the hell are you doing throwing some of these passes? Like this had no chance of working. Um and so I have some concerns about the decision making, obviously like 70% completion, all that sort of stuff. But what happens when, again, you've got that, what, Troy Franklin, the guy who runs just those deep balls, like one of the fastest receivers in the class, who's just flying downfield. Yeah, he can drop that ball in there. But I still think, like, he doesn't have that downfield accuracy like Penix does. And he can hit some of those tight windows. But it's like, I don't, I don't know that I need him trying all of those. Mm-hmm. What's my quick takeaway? Uh, between the two... I think they're kind of similar. Um, mm-hmm. I think that JJ McCarthy has had a lot of help from that rushing attack. Yeah. Big um, but overall, I feel like if I had to pick between the two, I probably want JJ McCarthy as my quarterback. Okay. Uh, Bo Nix is good. He's able to use his legs. Yep. Um, but I think JJ McCarthy will be have a better NFL career. So you guys aren't buying <laughs> Jim Harbaugh saying he's the best college quarterback. In, in college football history. Yeah, well, I'd still He's take. Supposed to say I'd that. still take <laughs> Tim Tebow and Vince Young over him. For and sure. uh, what happened to those two in the NFL? Oh yeah, touche. Um, I would lean JJ McCarthy here, but I think those two are, are very similar. So I don't think you're wrong saying Bo yeah. Nix either. Um, yeah, uh, no JJ JJ no, McCarthy, um, oh, okay. the greatest college quarterback of all time, according wow. to uh, his head coach, which is like you said, kind, shocking. That's kind of disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, Tim Tebow. Wenzel. Johnny was crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Peyton, Again, like, Peyton really was nice in college. Yeah. Cam, Newton okay. also Cam, Cam Newton was Cam stupid was in college. James Winston, James was nice in college. Marcus yeah. Mariota, that same bull. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like, listen to those names and say, like, great college quarterbacks can't take sure. anything away. How many of them do you want as your NFL quarterback? Peyton, for sure. Peyton, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Cam, for a few years, Cam I would take him. Cam, for a few him. years, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Patrick Mahomes was unreal. And that stat we threw out earlier, he yeah. was unreal. He just had a defense that allowed one more point in like the 40s or 50s than he was able to score. That's, I think, why he didn't get a lot of credit in college was because he wasn't a winner at Texas Tech because his defense was so awful. Trash. Yeah, trash. (laughs) It's also, uh, JJ's only 20 years old. So if you want a young guy, that guy's the youngest in the draft, That sounds. That sounds like like he gets the NFL. That sounds like Zach Wilson is what it sounds like. You watch him, there's some similar similarities there, too. Yeah. But, like, that whole, like, hey, he can do this, and he's this young, and then he gets the NFL, and you're just like, oh, we have a child at quarterback who is not <laughs> ready to play a grown man's game. I yeah. do think J.J. might have a better off-the-field composure and I approach mean, to the game. It'd be tough to, as of now, yes. As of when Zach Wilson was a draft prospect, yeah. no. Yeah. You never I mean, know how many moms are out there. In terms of, <laughs> remember, in terms of a draft Especially prospect, Zach uh-huh. Wilson is the guy by far over McCarthy. Like when you yeah, look at I mean, the things that he did in college, yeah, yeah. When you look at the things he did in college, like they were insane. Like yeah. McCarthy does not have the highlight tape that he does. But again, mm-hmm. like similar roll out of the pocket, big arm, deep ball, that sort of stuff. JJ Coping leading that game winning drive was uh was impressive in terms of like the intangibles being able to stay 
uh, cool mm -hmm. and calm at the end of the game. But there's our top five. We're going to hit this a lot this year, yep. adjusting it, see how we go. But we got uh, Baldi's approval on this list. The two guys you talked about, Caleb Williams, our number one, and Michael Penix, our number two. And you know, sorry to cut you off, but you know what's crazy? He knows Caleb personally mm. and still said he had to still mention <laughs> Penix first. That's all I got to yeah, say. Yeah, very uh, true. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, let's talk to the people Get in. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline into some super chats that we've got rolling in throughout the show and the first one coming in from our friend mr orange says i don't know think bo nix is a sneaky my candid candidate maybe yeah it I says candid <laughs> so i hated bo nix early on it wasn't even because i watched a lot of him but it was like his freshman year see a couple games with jake schwanitz when he was on the draft podcast hated bo nix and so i kind of like had like a darker lens when i looked at it i was just like this is not I don't love this, but he has, like, obviously the tools or why he was such a big recruit and all that sort of stuff. And he does seem like he's obviously put a bunch of it together. Like, he's another one of those guys where it's like, he is an NFL quarterback, but he might just not be a very good NFL quarterback. Mm -hmm. Like, he does not belong playing college football. That is obvious. But is he just, like, I don't know. There's some, like, Baker Mayfield-y stuff in there where it's like, are you just going to throw a bunch of picks and... I don't know. I don't trust it yet. I might love him by the end, though. Would you pay Baker, if you're the Bucks, $40 million this year? On a one-year deal? One year deal, absolutely. Forty on yeah. one year. I don't. Is he getting one year? I think this was his prove it year this past year. Yeah, but I mean, at forty, he's getting one year. <laughs> if he wants to get three years at thirty, he could probably do that. But what one year at forty, I'd do three years forty. Nobody's giving him that. <laughs> real, Nobody's real, giving real, him that. Really quick, guys, because I just got a uh, message from Jake. Yeah, Michigan fan saying. Harbaugh said that J.J. was the best quarterback in Michigan college history. Um, it I think was a very confusing quote because he said both. He said uh, J.J. is the best quarterback mm -hmm. in Michigan football history and then paused college football history. Yeah. It was like, so literally I saw people, national outlets take that quote and make it one the best in Michigan football history, uh -huh. and then the second, the best in college football history. Jim made it confusing there. <laughs> don't take Jim's word for anything. Like, don't, I mean, don't take his word. He's going back to Michigan either. That's for sure. Yeah. He's going to be in the NFL. He might be in the AFC West. He might be with the Chargers. Yeah, H let's, not listen, to <laughs> let's <laughs> not listen to Jim. Uh, next super chat coming in from our friend, Mr. Orange. We already hit that one. Yeah. Uh, coming in from Dirty Denver's Dickel Defense says, watch the Oregon game when talking about uh, Michael Penix Jr.'s offensive line. Yeah, interesting. I watched a piece of that game, but that was months ago. There were two of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Michael that is Penix true. I think Bo I missed Nicks the championship, but yeah. I, I trust I will be watching every one of those games. The thing about Michael Penix, too, you, you said it earlier, Todd, that Washington was not supposed to be a national mm -hmm. championship contender at the beginning of the season. And then throughout the season, no one still believed in them. Yep. In fact, in the uh, after they had beat Oregon, they uh, played them in the Pac-12 championship game. They were nine and a half point dogs. No one thought they were going to win that. And if they lost that, they wouldn't have been in the college football playoffs. People didn't think that they were going to beat Texas. They yep. were four and a half point dogs. Now they're four and a half point dogs against Michigan too. I'm gonna make <laughs> more money. Maybe people will believe. It wasn't even as close as the score no. says. I mean, they had a fumble punt. They yeah, had, yeah. It, it wasn't was close. The the uh, injury, the running back at the that's, end. Yeah, that hurt. That's crazy. Yeah, like they should be able, like they wouldn't run it out, but that saves what like 30 seconds because of the injury timeout. Yeah. All of a sudden, there's time to go down the field. Like, I get why that rule is a rule. But there might be something that needs to be talked about with that. Like, Some old lineman should have just picked him up. Yeah, exactly. And just ran him to yeah. the sideline. <laughs> yeah. Also, like if he's not playing, that's huge. He ran for like two fifty or something against USC. Yeah, yeah USC's. That's not. I could run for two fifty against USC. <laughs> two hundred at least. Uh -huh. uh, 
Behind that offensive line, yeah. You throwing the challenge flag on that one for you're sure. here? 150 for sure. Give me the offensive You're line. not even getting five yards, dude. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man. Todd, how do, you, how do you feel about this next super chat from Andrew? says, Michael Penix is close comparison is Jimmy Garoppolo. Injury prone. Uh, I disagree. Uh, you don't say. And Jimmy, Jimmy has some great years in the league. <laughs> exactly. Jimmy, Total he, winner. Jimmy was, this is the thing. All he did was win. For real. Everywhere he went. This is the, the thing Raiders. about Well, he even runs. He comparisons. Beat us. Yeah, yeah. He has yeah, a lot of the Broncos. That's the thing about comparisons, though, where it's like, <coughs> could he turn out to be Jimmy G? Sure. Could he turn out to be like uh, uh, Tom Brady? I mean, like, it's possible. Anything is possible. Could he, be, could he be a Mac Jones? Penix, also Brady. possible. Like, there's so many of those like pocket passers who have like pretty similar strengths and weaknesses who have turned out so many different ways. But like, yes, if you want to see Jimmy G in him, you could probably see some Jimmy G in him. And which one of those pocket passers wears a do rag every game? Wow, <laughs> none of them. He's a wow. different beast. Yeah. Okay, He's a different new. animal. Wow. That is, that is, yeah. Okay, wait. What what's going on when he puts his head in that thing on the sideline? Which like, one? He, oh, when he was crying. No, no, no. During the game this past game. Oh, this no. week? I don't know. He did it multiple. The first time I thought he was just like reaching for a phone because they talk like upstairs. But he did it multiple times. Like his whole head just disappears into this thing. I don't know. I saw it multiple times. I was so confused. It must be like a visual, visual, visualization thing. I would guess. Like, it and that's just a guess. But I mean, be. we've seen it before. Like after the Pac-12 championship, right? Where he like spends like a minute and it's like, it's almost like on the bench and there's like this thing on top of the bench and he just like puts his head in there and stands there for like a minute. And he's probably like crying or doing whatever, but it's like a, it's like <laughs> a meditation. He's, he's definitely not crying. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. But, but I mean, you see it. There, I don't know. There's something going on. I, I promise you in. NFL teams will be asking him that question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mr. Rocket says, how likely do you think Denver trades up? How far? This is a great question, mm-hmm. Mr. Rocket, because I think for the Broncos to get Michael Penix, they are going to have to trade up yep. to get him. But Henry, I think you said something yesterday that might, you, you don't agree with that? I mean, I still think there's going to be half the teams in the league who just say, look at his body. Like, it's broken down this much. It's probably going to keep breaking down. Like, there's the, the flaw. I wouldn't be surprised if his, his draft stock peaked, like, yesterday after that game. And I don't think he's going to, like, drop all the way down. But I do think you factor in the injuries. Like, you'll have Jaden Daniels will either run his 40 and everybody will be like, oh, my God. Or he'll say, like, ah, actually, I'm just not running a 40. Everybody's going to be like, oh, he would have run a 4-2-7. Like, and, and then people just run with that. Yeah. Like, this might be kind of the top. I, I think that there's a good chance that he's top 10. I think there's a chance that he's available at 25. Like, we'll just have to wait and see. I think I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good with all those opinions from people. Yeah. Let him drop and we yep. can pick him up wherever yep. we need. Yep. I mean, the Colts got rid of Peyton Manning because he had neck surgery. They thought he was done. Yeah, that was Granted, they got Andrew Luck, surgery. but still, Peyton yep. went out and broke records. Yep. yep. Like won within two Super years, Bowl. won a Super Bowl. Yep. Went to two Super Bowls mm-hmm. and won one. He's good. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Peyton I, was good. I think, <laughs> I think four quarterbacks will go in at least the top eight, if yeah. not the top six. So I think the Broncos are going to have to trade up, and I do think wow. they will trade up. And that's a big yeah. conversation that it's we'll just certainly so tough have. To say. I mean, because, again, like, we remember, like, two years ago where it's like, oh, Malik Willis is a top ten pick. Like, you've got, yeah. like, you've got like five of those guys. It's like, oh, these there's going to be, like, six quarterbacks, and there winds up being, like, one, and it's Kenny Pickett at, like, 16. That was also, like, the worst quarterback draft class, like, going into it. In like yeah. a decade or something, this is viewed as like one of the best yeah. in a long time. I feel like too. it's every other year though that it's like, oh, it's the best draft class ever. And this is like it. there was like the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, whoever the hell else was in there. Exactly, like, yeah, exactly. It's like every other Zach Wilson, but that was, exactly that was three quarterbacks in the top nine. Yeah, and, uh, um, and but again, like the hype before that was best draft class in the history of draft classes like this will be like the 83 i don't know that one was like Trevor it was Lawrence. people were no. saying 83 people were saying 83 who this else happens was in that every class two, three was, years. was that the wilson. wide receiver heavy class it was it was zach wilson trevor lawrence justin fields mac jones but then what what were the other positions that were like i don't remember off the top of my head um final super chat coming in from romel says will top three quarterbacks fall past pick three I want to say no, but there's one 
thing that makes that uh, a difference is if Marvin Harrison Jr. is there uh-huh. and a team just wants him and already has their quarterback. Like yeah. it depends on how the draft order shakes out. But the man, an- yeah, I love draft talk. To me, this is going to be a blast, especially when quarterbacks are involved. Mm-hmm. To me, the answer is nobody has any idea, and they especially don't know on January third. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you're going to get to draft day, and half the teams are going to be like, "Oh, these guys might be there. These guys, there's no way they're there." And then you just never know what happens. Too logical, Hank. Too logical yeah. with your lack of comparisons. Yeah. But this That's has fair. been a blast. We got so much more to come, including one more show tomorrow. Where we'll be talking draft position. Should the Broncos win or lose this weekend? I think we're going to have some differing opinions, so stay tuned. 11 a.m. tomorrow. Thanks so much for rolling with us. Hit us with a thumbs up on your way out. We'll see you tomorrow.